Backpack Broadcasting continues to bring you the best original sports content, but now you can get more of the content you love. For as little as $3 a month, you can get access to bonus content, including behind-the-scenes footage and interviews from the Sports Walk, Sideline Stories, or the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. All this exclusive content comes via Patreon. There are tiered levels of patronage, and each Backpack Broadcasting patron receives exclusive perks. Your support helps Backpack Broadcasting create more of the original content that you love. Visit Backpack Broadcasting's Patreon page and become a patron today. Hard to Tell podcast, episode 132, Dexter Henry, Brian Fonseca, in a crazy time in America, we're still home quarantining, keeping it safe, glad that you were joining us, and joining us today on the podcast, it is the first ever guest on the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast, his name is Robin Lemberg for SportsIllustrated.com, also CBS Sports Radio and Mad Dog Radio, Robin, long time no see, long time no speak. You are the historic first guest of this podcast, and you are back. How you doing, man? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I took a city bike to Brooklyn for, for that podcast. That's true. That is true. We're in different circumstances now. If I had known this existed, why'd I do that? <laughs> well, we didn't start recording this way until, you know, the whole, the other thing that people were forgetting about that's going on right now, COVID-19, which, yeah. you know, we're still dealing with that amongst all the other things, many of which we'll talk about, but... Yeah, we figured out a new way to sort of uh, put this production together. Yeah, we figured it out. We're, we're doing work from home, as a lot of people are are too. Robin, um, just how have you been? There's been a lot going on in the country. Brian just talked about it, COVID-19, uh, the protests that are going on. A lot going on. Uh, president, if you want to call him that, going crazy. <laughs> what? How have you been processing all of this? Yeah, well, I mean, I have a new show. It's called All Things Considered, because I have to preface every answer to a question like that. All Things Considered, uh, I'm doing pretty well, you know, um, and, and that is uh, I'm healthy. Uh, you know, my family's healthy, employed, all that. But what's going on right now is the perfect storm. Um, I, I don't think I've ever experienced forget a year like this. I don't think I've ever experienced a year like this, you know, starting with, with Kobe. I mean, I can't believe that that happened this year, but this week in and of itself, um, you know, when you're being journalistically correct, you're not supposed to call it a murder yet, but the obvious murder of George Floyd, um, the, the, the fallout from that and and the, the impassioned pleas from people to, to be heard and, and to, to, you know, actually, say like how many times you got to see this how many times you got to see this you know right. um combined with with coronavirus because people were trapped inside for the longest time and and i, I think the media um you know with it, it you can never gloss over the loss of life that 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 was there like i, I would never want to be misconstrued um the loss of life is tremendous and that's a tragedy um but i think the media covered that out of context a lot of times, only focusing on those numbers rather than the bigger picture. And that just created a mind state of fear with, with people. So you have fear and frustration from that. And, and the, as soon as people are going outside, it, it, it's to protest 
what happened to the, the tragedy with, with George Floyd. Uh, and then you mentioned him, individual one. I don't even like, I don't like saying his name, much less calling him the president. Uh, 45 will do. Yeah, he's not a leader. He's an instigator. Um, he wants to see, you know, like, so like, you take some of the, even the conversations that are happening now. I have to like, I could get more clicks and views on some of the videos or some of the articles I'm doing if I just like, all right, I'm coming out as strong as I possibly can on this thing. I've got to destroy Drew Brees on what he said about the national anthem. Like, I could get more clicks and views. Um, but I, and, and I feel like because of my platform, I feel like a sense of responsibility, right? I mean, I, you guys know me. I, right. I speak out yeah. sometimes when it's hard and, and, and it risks um, perhaps my standing with an employer because some of these, you know, I'm not speaking about any of my specific employers right now, just for the record. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, with it, with so and so employer, because I think it's the right thing to do. At the same time, I do feel the objective of some of these people is to um, deflect, to cause unrest, to mm. stir up controversy. That's why you got these white supremacists out there rioting, right? So they can blame it on the black people. And then you, you've got the bad faith actors who will then take whatever footage, same thing as coronavirus, where coronavirus, 100,000 deaths, awful, terrible. How many cases were there? How many people were asymptomatic? You present that in the context you know, it gives you a better picture of the actual story. It, same thing that's going on right now. Of all the people out on the streets, how many people are peaceful? How many people are expressing their constitutional right? The vast, vast majority. Then you take that smaller portion, and even of that smaller portion, a bunch of them are, are just, you know, shit serves. Yeah. And, but they're getting the coverage because that's what's going to get views. That's what's going to allow ratings, which is going to then lead to advertising dollars. So I, I do feel a sense of responsibility in, in a sense where are, are we really going to debate the merits of the NFL protests now again? You know how many hours of talk radio I spent doing that? That's not, that's not accomplishing anything. You know, that, if anything, that's taking away, that's allowing, that's diverting. Just mm -hmm. like arguing about the looting, diverting. Uh, same mm -hmm. thing with that. So, and I, I think the president, the, that guy, he deliberately does this. He does not want... Peace. He does not want the citizens to be united. He wants to pit citizens against each other, especially citizens who should be working toward the same thing. Right? Like when Colin Kaepernick and Jay Z, when there was that fight about them on Twitter, what, what is that accomplishing? You know, right? Like Colin Kaepernick was a symbol when he did the protest. We'll, we'll live forever in history. And now he's going about it his way. But Jay-Z's doing real well. I mean, Jay-Z called up the governor of Minnesota to get Keith Ellison on this case, who then upped the, the charges on, on uh, you know, the, the cop and the cop involved. So when we're, I'm using that as a, an analogy, right? But when you have groups of people who ultimately want the same thing, but they wind up fighting amongst each other mm -hmm. just as much as they're fighting the people who are, are the bad faith actors, that's only giving credence and fuel to guys like Trump because that's what they want. That allows them to grab power because they can consolidate their base and allow 
you know, the rest of us to fight amongst ourselves when we should be working together. Robin, let me ask you this um, to start, because you're a guy who's spoken out against different things, and I see it on Twitter all the time, but you are a white man speaking out against this. Has, has there been blowback against you for speaking out um, in support of Black Lives Matter, in, so, in support of equality, right, which is just a basis of what we yeah. all want on, on the right side of things? Have you found that blowback, and how have you responded to that? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, I, again, it comes back to, like, I think, you know, if, if black people don't have white allies in this, it, it's, you know, they're, they're never going to get things accomplished um, because, because the system is the way it is. Uh, I get blowback from jackasses online. I don't care about uh, whatever. Uh, that, that literally, like, I paint that no mind. Uh, <laughs> the, the, I think the biggest blowback comes from the unspoken resistance. Huh. The people who don't say anything. Or if you do, like, I don't know if you should say that because it's, you know, like, the, the things that aren't direct but keep you from, from getting the, the point across the way. And that, that's, you know, that, that ceiling that can't seem to be broken or cracked open. And, and, and I think some of that is um, fear. Some of that is corporate yeah. money uh, and, and fear of, of, you know, a certain aspect of alienating a certain aspect that might be spending dollars. Um, and, and, you know, it's funny because the, the opposite can be true. I mean, um, Ben and Jerry's, look at the statement they put out. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's the kind of thing people will notice and then maybe go do, I, I went and did business with Ben and Jerry's that day, you know, huh. uh, uh, you know, I, it was a cool moment. I, I happened to, I was going out for a bike ride or, or whatnot. Um, and yeah, I was getting one of these publicly rent, rented bikes over here in Jersey. It's not city bike, but same thing. And <laughs> I'm walking to find one and I run into some of my buddies and we're right in front of Ben and Jerry's and, and I, I hadn't seen them because of coronavirus, right? And I'm like, great, right, are we allowed to touch? And we like embrace because it felt good to see each other and talk. And then I Jerry's, I'm like, oh, wait a second. Like, I'm a white guy. We got two black guys right here. We got Hispanic guy, because that's the you know the group of people that we were running with uh, in, in this community. And I was like, oh, we gotta we gotta go to Ben and Jerry's. We gotta take a picture in front of Ben and Jerry's because that's that's the moment to me, right? Like yeah. that, that's what we're supposed to be doing. My problem is with people who aren't authentic about it. Because you could say, a lot of people like to say that there's two words that get used as shields. Politics. So it's just like, well, whatever. we don't talk politics. That's just, well, is it politics to say that, you know, people shouldn't be murdered? <laughs> right. It's <laughs> not politics. Uh, it's just know, human decency. Like, yeah, yeah. And then the other shield word is unity. Uh, well, we need a unity. Come together. Agreed. But how do we do it? In order to do that, people have to really believe in what they're saying. Otherwise, it's not like a magic word that makes it go away. And, and, and I think, you know, uh, we were unified in showing, hey, here's a group of people of all different backgrounds standing in front of Ben and Jerry's because ice cream is great. And Ben and Jerry's was like, nah, this ain't cool, son. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, and, and on the statements, I mean, it is true. You'll notice the ones that are very, very different. You'll notice, like, the Washington Wizards, for example. It seemed pretty obvious that they had players or at least, you know, people who really cared about this instead of people who wanted to hide behind, you know, the, the buzzwords like unity that you mentioned. The Wizards had a really good one. The L.A. Chargers put out an entire video, you know, in sort of reacting to this and, you know, going through the history of, you know, black people fighting for this and things like that. Uh, Dex, I think that we should really get your thoughts on everything that's been going on this week as well, because 
I mean, you. we talked about this over the phone yesterday or was the day before. You know, yeah. you have obviously strong feelings on this. You've been following what's going on. Yeah. And you haven't said a lot on social media because I think you've probably been waiting for, you know, a medium where you could have more space to yeah. you know, get all your thoughts out there. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, I, obviously I, I echo what I think all of us feel here. And I think, you know, Robin said a lot on it, on it that I feel too. I think the leadership in this country has been absolutely disgusting through, and this is not just this year. <laughs> this is going back to 2016. I think a lot of us knew. Um, we probably never imagined it could come like this, but this has happened. I think Robin hit on this great point that when there's a lot of detraction going on, when you're not talking about the people who are out there, the majority of the people who are peacefully protesting, I have friends who are out here in Brooklyn peacefully protesting, going out in the streets, um, have been doing this for multiple marches and demonstrations across the years. Um, but a lot of the attention gets focused on the, the negative, the looters, the people who are trying to infiltrate the move, movement. And I do not support the looting, right? But if, I think, however, I do think this system is not working. It has never worked for black people ever, at all in this country. This country is founded on slavery. This country was built uh, by black people who did it for free. And there's a lot of systemic racism and injustices that have come after that. And now what people are saying, it's crazy we have to say this, all of us, to make this clear, is that we want a better system. This system does not work for the people. And this is what people are out there protesting for. And I, and I to some degree, I understand the people who are mad and are taking out in terms of looting, I think they need to direct their angers towards the people who loot from them, the government, Wall Street. That's exactly where you need to take that anger and, and, and direct that. And, and like Robin said, most of the people here are peaceful. But there's something I told Brian, Robin, and I'll say this too. We're, as parents, we tell our kids a lot of times, hey, if somebody's bullying you, you know, you, you want to go to the teacher, you tell them, you tell them this, you might want to react a certain way. But at some point, you have to stand up to that bully. And that's what black people and our white allies and people of all races and backgrounds are doing right now in America. They're standing up to their bully. And that's the right thing to do. At some point, you got to punch them back in the face. And yeah. I'm not saying that to condone violence. I'm saying that to show a sense of strength here. And that's what I think needs to be done. And so that's my feelings. In it. I'm somewhat encouraged by this, guys. I'm somewhat encouraged by people taking to the streets. I, I, I'm encouraged to see that people are upset. I'm empowered by our white allies like Robin Lumberg who refuses to not stay silent and has never stayed silent on this matter. So this is like Robin just came to the party now and we're <laughs> inviting him to the cookout. It's not like that. Robin's right. somebody who's been there and we appreciate uh, the white folks and brothers and sisters out there have been doing that. Um, but I think, you know, this is about taking this fight seriously. This is going to be a long haul. This is going to be a long fight. And, um, you know, I'm for it. I, I, I like, I'm encouraged that America's saying like, no, this is not what we want to ha have happen. Now, there are people against that that are still fighting that, like Robin said. There are people that are still going to try to divide us and detract us on that. But we got to stay strong. We got to stay strategic. And, um, you know, it's a new day. And I'm, I'm glad to see that. Those are my thoughts. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, uh, to piggyback off a couple of those points, I, I think, you know, one of the things you sort of expressed is like, the people that have felt unheard and they're saying, you you hear us now, right? And yeah. again, I think a, a lot of those, the people that are causing the trouble are not from that group, but the people who are, you know, in that group and, and, and are, are lashing out in that manner, that, that's part of it. Uh, I do think like the demonstrations are cathartic, like you mentioned, and it's a, okay, all right, that's what we're supposed to be about. Same thing as putting material out there that's good. And, and I think two things we need. One is genuine empathy. 
and that's a word that gets thrown around a lot, but genuine empathy where, mm-hmm. you know, this is my fellow person. You know, you said mentioned your kids, you know, like that's somebody's dad. You know, I seen his daughter, you know, I get choked up even thinking about it. See his daughter on on Stephen Jackson's shoulders saying, Daddy changed the world. Like these are human beings, these are people. You have to put yourself in their shoes for a second. Your experiences are not the same, but we're all we're all uh walking uh the, the same earth, right? And then the other is leadership, and, and that leadership needs to express that empathy, but that leadership also needs to stand up in the way you say it. Because too often, and I, I don't even like political parties because I want to judge people as a person and an individual, and, and when you, like, people like to use that as a, in a tribal way, but as a message to the Democratic Party, which tends to be the party, right, that, that most of us are going to associate with. Yeah. Um, they need to, to stand up and speak in plain language. These people that we're going against are cheaters. They are liars. They are bad faith actors. Um, you know, right. racist. Yeah, racist. Yeah, race, <laughs> rapist, traitor. <laughs> yeah, everything. Literally yeah. everything you could think of. Criminal. Uh, you could throw, and that needs to be said. Yes, like, yeah. and not on, and and important. Not on Twitter also, because some people will just tweet it and it'll live there. But I think they need to come out and say this in their speeches. Yeah, I'm not talking about I'm talking about the political leaders out there. Right. You know, because they're always trying, oh, we're going to take the high road. We're going to fight them the way they fight you because the truth is on your side. There you go. Yeah. That's right. You got it. Yeah. You got to fight back in that way and speak that truth. I, I completely agree with that, Robin, yeah. uh, 100%. With that being said, and you talked about Ben and Jerry's, Robin. What have you made about, and Brian kind of was hitting on this too, the teams that have responded in this way. One of the things I've been kind of have a problem with as a black man in this country and have come a little bit fatigued about this is you keep hearing we stand with the black community. But some of these companies and teams aren't saying how. Some of these companies and teams aren't addressing the words you said, speaking clearly, racism, police brutality, systemic racism. You haven't, you know, you haven't heard these words. Um what have you taken in the landscape of the way people have responded to this? I feel there's been some positive with some teams and organizations, but some of it is kind of the same rhetoric over and over, and it's like, where's the action? Yeah, I think um, with the general populace, this is probably the biggest awakening I've seen, uh, this one. Maybe because there just was, like, no way you could possibly, like, spin. You know, what? we all saw that. Right. Like, right. So I think with the general populace, we saw that. I think with... <laughs> corporate as I'm being interrupted by children don't don't like, feel don't feel bad my daughter could be making some noise outside uh, the store right now in the <laughs> it's fear you know it's fear of the backlash fear that they're going to alienate some part of their and, and just that institutional thing that can't be broken. we talk about institutional racism there's just these institutional uh you know ways that things are done and they're like okay we want to we want to look like we're doing the right thing but you got to back it up with your genuine feelings you got to back it up with your your actions, right? And and I really wish I didn't post that black square the other day. Uh, no, I mean, hmm. I know I know that everybody I, I would hope at this point knows where I stand, and I've made it clear, so I shouldn't be insecure about that, right? Because I know I know I treat people with respect, no matter where they come from, who they are. I know that, so I'm comfortable in saying it because I'm not shy about saying it because it's fucking it's fucking true. Like I just said, you know, when you got the truth on your side, but um, that, I feel like that black square shit. That was a way for a lot of these corporations to hide because you're not doing anything by posting that. It's the easiest thing to do. But then you can go, oh, look, I stand with the black community because I posted this fucking square on Instagram. Brian, Brian, do you have anything to say to that? Because Brian called me about this the other day. Brian, what do you guys say I, about that? Yeah, I so the this was the day after we dropped our last episode. Uh, it was that evening, Monday. And then 
probably like 12, 30, 1 in the morning, I saw, I started, that was when I started seeing the black squares already, because it was technically already Tuesday on the East Coast. And then I was like, wait, what is this? What's going on? And why is everyone, like literally everyone's posting it already? Then I wake up in the morning, I do my research, and I'm just like, okay, so somebody in the music industry who we don't know sort of came up with this idea where we're all going to post black squares and it's just going to be a blackout. So I'm wondering, like, all right, what's going to come from that? And then just putting everything together, you just basically surmise that, yeah, the black square is meant for, I guess, people to post in solidarity. But I felt like instead of doing that, we should be posting, if you want to make it a true blackout, we should be posting information, how to help, like the Black Lives Matter card that I posted on Twitter, on Instagram, that um, Zeno from Slam had posted, where it labels you, you know, the ways that you can help, donate, uh, marches in your area, whatever the case may be, you can find out all that stuff. So I was kind of, for me, I didn't know who started it. So I was like, where is it? I don't even know who this is coming from. You know, in social media, that thing could happen sometimes where things just go viral and you don't know where it originates. Kind of like what we saw in the whole uh, video the other day about the Dominicans and the black guys at Dykeman yeah. and at their little feud. And then I was sent some videos where they had squashed later that evening, but nobody's really talking about that and how they came together and was able to put that on camera and say like, hey, yo, there's no beef going on here. It was just a mis you know, misunderstanding, guys being young, yada, yada, yada. But yeah, the whole... I, I felt like it was empty signaling to use uh, Jinx's quote because I thought that he put he, he worded that very well. And for me, I think that what it did do was people did post a lot of information, I felt like, throughout the day that is going to continue to be a theme now. So I think it's all about how it's used in its proper context and how it's used correctly moving forward. As of right now, at least, we're seeing this energy where I think it's going to continue for the near future. And, you know, we still have to find, you know, the murderers from Breonna Taylor and you know, so many other people, et cetera, et cetera. And now there's probably going to be some new cases going on because of the protests that are turning into riots because the police want to use brute force, kind of like Herc Carver in season one of The Wire. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, so with all that going on, I think that we're going to continue to see the shift that I think we're in the middle of now. Because I think this is different. I think this is different than anything that we saw, even with Trayvon Martin and going back a few years from that. I think this is different because it's right in front of our faces. People are people are more tired than they've ever been before. And leadership, quote-unquote, is getting worse and progressive worse. And, we're by the way, we're in an election year, and all of this is built up from what we experienced with the coronavirus being at home and everyone is letting out that frustration because kids aren't in school, people aren't at work right now, and they're at home pissed off that this is right in front of their faces, and there's no way to hide or distract yourself with sports because there's no sports, no entertainment going on to that same, uh, you know, that same level and things of that nature. Yeah, can I say something on the election real quick? Yeah, uh, sure. Obviously, everybody should get out there and vote. Obviously, but don't underestimate the enemy. Yes. Don't underestimate the enemy. Uh, I see a lot of people call Trump dumb. I disagree. Uh, I think he is a master manipulator. Um, I, I don't think any of this stuff is accidental. Um, you know, he got a, a call from his boss, Vlad, the other day. And then you saw that tear gas thing with, with the Bible, uh, you know, speech. He, he, has, he follows the same pattern in the tweets where he'll say something at face value that you can't argue with, right? Like, oh, what happened to George Floyd is terrible. And then the next sentence, the dog whistle, like that is done strategically every single time. Um, and... He will cheat. He will use his, you know, 
any methods to cheat. We've seen it with Russia. We've seen it with Ukraine. Um, he will refuse to leave office, I believe, even if he is voted out. So anything like you, you see the media in this quest to to be fair and balanced all the time. It's like we got to be fair. We got to be balanced. We got to be fair. We got to be balanced. Artificial balance is not balanced, right? Like if you take a, a survey of people that walk into a hornet's nest, the numbers are going to say like. 99 whatever people thought it sucked to go into the hornet's nest. Right. That's the actual reporting, not, you know, like you don't have to like, well, what about the people who didn't think it sucked to be in a hornet's nest? Uh, so, but in that quest for artificial balance, I think people will always move the goalposts and say like, well, you know, you won't do that. You won't. There is no level, no level underneath that. Yep. You know, take, take what is in front of you, take what you know to be true, and follow that and know that the fight is not going to be easy. But if, if people are about the right thing and enough of us strengthen numbers and, and are directed in that truth, that's how you win the fight. The Sports Walk is back. Watch season three of Backpack Broadcasting's original web series that brings you the opinions of real sports fans. The first two seasons and current season are available now for viewing on the Sports Walk YouTube channel and Facebook page. Check out the 2017 NYC WebFest official selection and see what other sports fans have to say on the hottest issues in sports today. It's easy. Just take the Sports Walk. intertwine all this with a little bit of sports um because we don't stick to sports here former robin lundberg show um there um drew Brees. you saw his comments he had a talk with yahoo he said that um you know he did not uh think when he was asked about players protesting or taking a knee the next season in the nfl following all of this that he um didn't think anybody should disrespect the flag robin you've seen brian you've seen the blowback uh the backlash rightfully so that he got from tons of players um across the league Robin, were you surprised at how harsh the blowback was and how it came from all angles on, on this? And are you like me feeling that, hey, this was rightfully so. He deserved this for saying something that's stupid. Well, it was raw, right? Like the blowback was raw. It was visceral. People were hurt. That hurt them. Because, you know, like I said before, I, I think it's a waste of time to revisit yes. the argument about the anthem. Or with, anybody who doesn't know what that's about, you know, now it's not you're just being you're just being ignorant at this point. Yeah. yeah, but but the comments and I do think he addressed this in his apology at least. They lacked empathy for those to be the words out of your mouth, even if that's like, look, we we have to have to be able to reasonably disagree with people who again I think are on and I don't know Drew Brees personally or his character. He's a complex guy because he pal, I've seen him pal around with Trump. I've seen him put out these advertisements, you know, that supported groups that maybe weren't about the best things. Mm -hmm. At the same time, he's done things for the community after Katrina with the coronavirus. So I want to believe the best in people. And we have to be able to, like, reach an accord with some people that we may never see eye to eye. Like, you, know, you might argue Michael Jordan. I might argue LeBron James. Uh, and we'll never see eye to eye on it. Doesn't mean we hate each other, right? We have to be able to deal with those people and, and work together with, with those people. Um, so, but I think that the most important thing was that he lacked empathy and, and for those to be the words that, that come out of his mouth right now, knowing his position, knowing what is going on in this country, knowing the plight of black America in this moment, 
it was it felt like a betrayal to people, you know, because you know that that's the exact wrong tone, message, and everything to be sent. So that's why I wasn't surprised by it because it wasn't a thing of like uh, virtue signaling as much as I mean, for some it is. For some in the media, it always is like, look at me, here I go, and and that's another thing I always, you know, like overthinking's my specialty. So there's another thing I always try to balance. How much of this is like me doing what I think is right and I should be doing versus me doing, you know, like, I don't want to be showing. Uh, and, and, and I think for a lot of the people though, it was just like, come on, Drew, you know, E2, Drew, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think I, 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 I wasn't too surprised, honestly, because of the Trump photo and because of like what, you know, some of the things that you mentioned, he strikes me as a God family football guy, as I like to label it, where, you know, there are guys in the NFL, like, they'll have that in their bio, that'll be all that they stand for and things of that nature. But kind of like 45, who a lot of them voted for, use God in a way that's not really intended to be used, and they just play it to the base of middle America, and we can get into that another time. But that has a lot of layers to it as well. But I wasn't too surprised with the Drew Brees thing. I mean, it was still, that doesn't mean it's not disappointing. Especially when he comes back the next day, he uses a stock photo of a white hand and a black hand shaking each other, and then he has the really long sort of uh, caption to it, and I still don't really think he gets it. I just think he does that because he recognized, like, oh, shit, I'm a football player who plays with a lot of black dudes. You know what I mean? He just recognized that? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I feel like it just dawned on him. I feel like it just dawned on him, like, yeah, because evidently it did it prior because he still went out and said what he said to, to, of of all places, Yahoo Finance. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't an ESPN interview, which I found interesting. I did think that was an odd question. Uh, mm. Yeah. Mm. And I'm not defending his comments because he could have answered it any way he wanted to and he right. was like, like for it. Uh, but I did think that was like almost, as somebody who does interviewing, you know, like that was a like, oh, Drew Brees has said something about this in the past. How do we word a question that seems timely to, to walk him into this trap? And he fell right into it, right? Because like, I wasn't thinking about NFL players protesting on the field this year. That's, like, the last thing I'm... You know, going back to the Kaepernick-Jay-Z thing, this is the other thing where social media can be problematic, and it's, like, because you clip it and you run with it and people just argue about it. Look at me. Um, when Jay-Z said, we're past kneeling, right? Uh, yeah. Did, did you watch that full clip? I did. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah I did. And, and he said, he said, like, the kneeling was to create awareness... Now what are we doing now that the awareness is there? Which is what we're dealing with right now, right? I mean, this is the past kneeling era because I wasn't thinking about people kneeling in the moment. I'm thinking about people marching. I'm thinking about getting laws repealed. I'm thinking about justice, you know, donations, all the other things, calling, all the things you do. That doesn't mean you shouldn't kneel if you don't. If you want to kneel, kneel. Of course, I'll never be against that. You know, I was never against it. I never will be against it. But it, it, to me, that just did feel like a weird question uh in, in that very moment in time and i think it was based on doing research on breeze like you were mentioning brian and knowing yeah. some of the things he said and done in the past and knowing he might bite on that and go right in and, and sure enough he was a sucker yeah especially <laughs> where especially when especially when quarterbacks really don't usually say anything like they're yeah, trained yeah. not to say anything so i find that interesting as well uh dex what do you what do you think about the whole Drew Brees thing? Well, I mean, first of all, the apology was is a little bit h- hilarious to me because uh, I-, I know Brian watches Insecure. I don't know if you do, Brian, but that looked like the We We Got Y'all logo that Issa, the place she used to work at on the show. It's like the same logos that with the black hand and the white hand. That was the first thing I thought of. So the stock photo was kind of hilarious. But 
it, it, it rings a little bit tone deaf. Um, I think that he understood that obviously he needed to apologize because of everything that came out yesterday. And especially when you have someone like LeBron come at you so strongly. Um, and I thought what LeBron said was important because he talked about his father-in-law who has served um, and said that, hey, he didn't have a problem with Cap Nealon and not to get on that because I don't feel like I agree with Robin. We don't have to explain that to anybody anymore. But he's like, look, there are people who are black who have served this country who came back home after serving their country, whether it was World War One, World War Two, and they were still treated as less than human, right? And those people still can respect the flag. And the flag means different things to people depending on their experience. So I don't like when people hide behind the unity, as Robin brought up early, earlier, of the flag, right? Because you can't be, even though this country's called the United States, this is a country who's never really shown unity, right, guys? If you showed unity, you wouldn't have slavery. If you showed unity, you wouldn't have had segregation. And when you've never addressed those sins or those ills, you're not really ever showing unity. And then you get comments like Drew Brees. That's pretty much my yeah. reaction to that. That's what I would say. So, yeah. yeah. On to another sport. Uh, Robin, I don't know about you. Um, huge. I know you were a big basketball guy, too. Um, I know Brian is. NBA junkie here. I'm, I'm feel weird about the NBA coming back. The NBA announced they're going to be coming back. Uh, July 31st start, 22 teams in the Orlando Disney World bubble. Uh, Robin, I might have missed this because I know I saw you think you did a video on this for SI, but what is your reaction to the NBA's return? I, I feel weirder about it due to current events than I do the coronavirus aspect of it. Huh. Yeah, uh, because it just feels like, as much as I'd love to be like, yay, fuck, man. It doesn't uh, feel right, right? Like something's <laughs> like, hey, it's a little... Yeah, but, yeah. but it does feel like about the only good world news in the world right now to me. Uh, you know, uh, the coronavirus, why, I, why I'm not as hesitant about the coronavirus thing is because I do think um, eventually we need to emerge, right? And, and to say like, okay, they should cancel the season. Well, then should you cancel next season too? Because what's the difference in the coronavirus now versus where the coronavirus will be in December? We don't know, right? Like, is it going to be a vaccine? We don't know when a vaccine will be ready. Will there be better treatment? We don't know. Uh, there's a lot of unknown variables. You know, I think, again, it goes to a failure of leadership. Things would not have been what they were if we had better leadership. At the same time, as a citizenry, we, we mostly did almost all we could be reasonable. That's reasonably expected. Eventually, people do have to work. People do ha have to resume their lives, and people don't want to live in fear. You only get one crack at this. So, um, I, I do think in that sense, it doesn't concern me as much because we're all going to have to learn to live with the coronavirus as a part of our lives now. It, it just, that is what it is. I mean, it sucks, but it is what it is. Um, so, so that part of it doesn't, doesn't bother me quite as much because, if, and, and if you look at the, the statistics, again, the, just the, the, the data, the, the makeup of the NBA is not a high risk group there. Um, all right. And, and as we're all going back and decided, you have to look at the, all right, what are the high-risk situations? Tight quarters, inside, you know, where you're working next to somebody. That, you know, and then you're spreading it, and, and you're spreading it to more high-risk people. So you, you don't want to be reckless. I'm not saying just go out and go bananas. But I think you have to be reasonable in returning to, to some version of normalcy, which I don't think will ever look the same, right? Like, I think if there's silver linings to terrible things, from coronavirus, maybe it helps the environment because more people work from home. 
and there's fewer exhaust fumes put out there and, and, and all that sort of stuff. Maybe that's something that positive that can come. Uh, for, for, you know, what's going on right now, people have gotten out, you know, so maybe they've overcome some of that fear a, a little bit. And, and, you know, it's a righteous anger. Um, and we're, we're going to get a, a real case study probably on some sort of herd immunity uh, too, you know, because people are out in the streets in mass right now. That's what Sweden tried to do. So I, I'm, I'm not as concerned from a, of course you should be safe. Of course you should be diligent. I would never, I've never argue otherwise. But uh, I'm not as concerned from a safety standpoint only because I, I don't know what would be different now versus later. And I think we do all have to come to grips with that and, and, and learn how to live with this as, a, as a, a part of our existence. Do you like the 22-team format that they did in, in returning? There's some teams on the outside that you know were mad. I mean, I'm not dying to see my Knicks really play again this season. But uh, are, are, do you like the 22-team format and what they're going to do with the play-in for the, the eighth seed? And Do you like that? It's okay. I, I like the World Cup group stage idea. I, I, I thought, like, so you're try some radicals. Now, now it's the time to do it. But I'm not going to complain. Perfect is the enemy of good. <laughs> and I'm not going to complain. Like, hey, if we get a, you know, Pelicans playoff play in against the Grizzlies, that'd be cool. Uh, you know, so I'm not going to complain. <laughs> I'll, I'll never call a regular season game meaningless again. <laughs> I hear you on that. Did you, uh, Do you think um, this is advantageous to any team? Um, I don't know who your pick was before the season ended, maybe to win the title, but are, are you sticking with that or has it changed? I think it's impossible to predict, uh, you know, because we've never seen circumstances like this. And, every, you know, is it going to benefit? Is it going to be harder for older players because – you know, it takes them longer to get their bodies right. Is it going to benefit them because they've gotten time off? Uh, you know, I, I don't know the answer to that, but that's why I think I, – I, I do think instead of the asterisks, I think this could be viewed as a more significant championship, um, mm. all circumstances considered, because in many ways the NBA was a leader in, in how the country responded to the coronavirus. Uh, it could be a leader in, in how, you know, things get back to, to uh, some version of normalcy. And, you know – I don't want to call – I don't want to use the word distraction too much because I don't want to take – like I was saying before, we shouldn't get diverted in these side conversations. So I don't think the distractions should uh, take away from the important things. we got to keep our eye on the prize. But a, diver, um, a solace, if you will, a place of, uh, of solace that you can go to to get away for, 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 for a time. And I think the NBA could bring a lot of people into that um, bubble, if you will. And then, you know, and everybody knows it's a special sort of – circumstances that everybody's dealing with it's unprecedented uh no no players ever had to deal with something like that no home court all these things i actually think the 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 fact that it's happening the way it is may, may make it remembered more significantly than than less i agree yeah, with that. So, so i agree in terms of like i'm not overly excited at least right now i feel like when we get closer to there you actually start to see oh just landed in the bubble posts on ig and guys actually starting to warm up and maybe it looks like some sense of return to normalcy i think that's when the excitement's gonna hit us so maybe sometime in july you know meanwhile we have all this other stuff going on but i i like you robin i'm not overly concerned about the the virus impact on them 
in comparison to, I guess, everyone else, because that's not really the demographic that's getting killed by this thing, right? They're kind of, they're not, like, fully immune. Obviously, Kevin Durant's gotten it. Uh, a lot of guys, not a lot of guys, but a few other guys in the league have gotten it. Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, et cetera. And I think, I trust, and this is the important thing, is I trust Adam Dilbert in terms of how the NBA <laughs> How the NBA's been able to handle this uh, situation going on so far, like I think Adam Silver's built up that trust over the amount of years that he's been in charge right now, where you know he doesn't really have a, a, a horrible blemish on his resume yet. So I felt like he was going to address this and you know get everyone's side on it because he wants to try to appease his players and really look out for his players. And all the players wanted to come back. And I agree with another point you made where you said, look, at some point, and Dexter and I talked about this on a recent episode, at some point the other shoe has to fall and we have to get back to some sort of normalcy because we've been sitting here, you know, working out of home and a lot of people not working at all because millions and millions and millions of people are filing for unemployment and have filed for unemployment and are collecting unemployment right now. But at some point, people are just going to have to go outside again and go back to work. And with all the protests that have been going on, we're seeing people going outside. Not everyone's wearing a mask, but we're seeing people, and that includes the cops, by the way, because there are a lot of cops with not having masks and things of that nature. They probably think it's a hoax, but you know. Uh, with, with everything that's going on right now, that sort of forced people to act at least in some way, right? So I think that by the time, and there's no predicting what the next several weeks are going to look like, but we're, not, we're still not going to see a game for almost another two months. So there's still going to be a lot of things that happen between now and then that, you know, could, could push this back, could affect this, or could really give us a level of encouragement for watching these games. Be like, all right, I'm ready. You know, I'm ready to see some guys play finally at last. You know, I would, I would hope that that would be the feeling around it once we do get to that point. Yeah, I would, I would hope so. I would hope so too. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of feel weird about it, but I'm kind of excited too. Like Robin said at some point to, you know, see some NBA. All right, Rob, before we let you get out of here, we got to ask you, you know, I know you're a big hip-hop guy, big Jay-Z guy like myself. Um, what, what are you listening to these days uh, in hip-hop? It's been an interesting year for hip-hop because there hasn't really been too many big projects that have come out. But what, what are you listening to these days? Yeah, uh, well, I, I just listened to the Run the Jewels yesterday. I got to uh, listen to that. It felt timely. Um, so huh. I was rocking not, with it. Not unexpected. Yeah, the Griselda stuff. Um, oh, you're down with Griselda? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Okay. Surprise I, me. I like that. <laughs> the Pray for Paris project. Uh, yeah. A written testimony, um, you know, uh, of course. Uh, and and I, that's another one that, that feels like it's almost not working, buddy. Uh, I feel like uh, <laughs> I'm still that, waiting for that to happen to me. I'm still waiting for that to happen. <laughs> um, I, I feel like that's another one that actually sounds right for the time. Uh, yeah. Which, you know, there's not a lot of music being made that's right for the time. And then there's one album that I've revisited a lot lately in, in hip hop. I, a Tribe Called Quest. We got it from here. Yeah. Service. Because it's another one. You go, you listen to that. Man, it feels like it, it could have been made for right now. I was, uh, I was working out to that album maybe about three weeks ago. And I was like, the same thing. I was like, man, this is just really in tune with a lot that's been going on. Yeah, that's great. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's definitely a good one. You got, Brian, have you listened to that Tribe album? In my lifetime, yeah, not recently. Oh, okay, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I haven't heard it in a while. All yeah. I, you know me, all I've been listening to lately is Alfredo. Like, Freddie Gibbs. <laughs> He's a, are you a Freddie Gibbs guy, uh, Rob? Oh, yeah, I, uh, I, I like uh, Freddie. What was the, there's one song on that, there's one song on that joint. Uh, 
Hold on, Freddie Gibbs. Freddie yeah, Gibbs. I thought. I, to me, that's probably that's probably the best project I've heard this oh, year. Oh, it's good. Oh, but the, there's one song in particular that I really like. Yeah, I like uh, the I like the project with Alchemist Alfredo. I did like that project. That was a good. Dexter's project. favorite song was uh, with Conway, uh, "Babies and Fools." God is perfect. Number two. God is. You, you know what's like funny? That that's that's my least favorite on there of all the songs. That's my least favorite. But it's not that it's bad or anything. It's just out of the all all, all the ranking. Do you, do you feel like it's time for another Jay Z album, Robin? I feel like it's time, man. It. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Robin's like, yeah. It's always time. <laughs> I think I, he was in quarantine with Guru. You saw it the other day on yep, the, uh, I saw the that. Instagram post. So I think that's coming. I actually think we're going to hear from, with probably within the next year, we're going to hear from Jay-Z, Nas, Kendrick, and J. Cole. I think we're going to hear from all four of them relatively soon. Do you think from this time, Robin, that we're talking about this very specific time in the last week, do you think because of this and everything that's going on and the coronavirus pandemic, do you think we might get a period where we get a lot more political if you want to label that music and hip-hop than maybe we have seen since like the early 90s i think it would be tone deaf otherwise yeah, yeah. i mean you want a club record right now where we where what club y'all like <laughs> right yeah who's feeling that? that again that's the music i've been listening to like i said a written testament feels like it's right for this time that tribe album feels like it's right for this time you know like I, yeah i, I would I would love to see that from the like. Look, not everybody's the voice for that. Not right. Everybody, not everybody right. has. Like you're not going to Blueface for that. Yeah. Yeah. The guys you mentioned, Kendrick, Cole, Ho, like yeah, they should be talking. I mean, even Drake maybe shouldn't be talking about it on the record. So he should try something else. Uh, and, uh, but, yeah. Like yeah, that's my that's a criticism that I have of Drake as well. I would like him to diversify his uh, music making a little bit more. Robin, man, uh, as usual, we thank you for joining us. It's been a while, so it's good to really good to have you back. It's been a good while since we've had you on. Thank you. Um, you can check out Robin Lumberg, his work SI. He writes and does some uh, video for SportsIllustrated.com, also CBS Radio and Mad Dog Radio. Uh, that's it for episode 132 of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. You know where to find us and subscribe, please, to our YouTube channel and also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, the etc. For the great Robin Lundberg and Brian Fonseca, I'm Dexter Henry. Until next time, y'all. Peace. <laughs>